Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Lady Audacity. It's Alex and Amanda. Girl, introduce yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I'm here. I'm not an official host, so I'm like not sure what's my role and here. Official <laughs> things will be coming soon. You know, like I'm sure you guys have noticed we've been like, she's been on the podcast and we're like, let's vibe it out. And the vibes have been amazing. And mm-hmm. every time something pops up, we're like, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. So, yay. And Lord Everett will be joining us in a little bit. I think he's having some technical difficulties right now. And we are very excited for a fun-packed episode. We're also going to do like a little a little horror series, a little trick-or-treat. Tell a story and you can decide if it's a horror or not. Some are definitely are horror, definitely. And I will say now in the... In the portion, I will also put in the notes, the portion we'll be talking about this. But I'd already planned, because it's October, to talk about pretty much the royals and Nazism, because it was actually in October 1937 when Edward and Wallace took their trip to Germany that was sponsored by, well, the Nazis. So even before the Israel-Hamas conflict... We can say war. We can say war. We can, yeah, I, a I war think. began. Uh, you know, cleansing. You know, whatever. Ethnic Exactly. Before that began, this was in the works. And frankly, because that is happening, I think it's even more important to talk about certain aspects of this. Because the propaganda is propaganding. And people love, especially in the UK and the US, love to pretend like they do not have blood on their hands. So just warning you guys now, I'll put up a little warning before because I know some people just don't want to hear about it. And I totally understand to any of our Jewish listeners if it's just not the time. But of course, before we get there, we're going to start out with some really fun ban- banana article. A really interesting thing has been going on, honestly, since about April 2023. Um, it was revealed that the Middleton's party pieces was going out of business. And not just going out of business, but was going into administration, which as far as I understand means like they're going bankrupt and they can't pay their debts. And that debt, those debts happen to be around like $3 million dollars. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was reported around in June that the creditors were asking for their money. And a lot of these two are businesses that aren't like these huge corporations, but you could say smaller businesses. But the fact is that the money counts losing 40000 losing $500,000 means a lot to them and they need their money. And well, party pieces and Michael and Carol are not paying. <laughs> Yeah, as somebody who just has to start paying on her student loans this month, um, listen, I get it. I get how hard that is <laughs> when you finally have to yes. start paying back the money you owe. But like, listen, you took that money out, you even though. <laughs> and you live on a whole estate. I don't know. It's just, it's so weird seeing people who appear to be super rich, like super rich, not paying their bills it's just mm. and just like a quick little background about this you guys so again this all started about 2023 when we started hearing about party pieces was going out of business because it was pretty much going bankrupt 
But this all seemed to begin in about 2019 when like party pieces became a public company and they said like did a full rebrand and mm-hmm. Carol became a brand ambassador of the company and the Middletons became the majority stakeholders. Mm-hmm. So they also had three partners come in at that time. Their CEO was Stephen Brentwood and he was also two thirds of the finan- financial backers that came in. So they came in and by 2020, obviously the pandemic, party pieces was hurting. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was hurting by 2021. We get the first actual like little bit. I think there was actually some reports in 2021 that party pieces was having financial difficulties. And at that time it was about $1.35 million pounds. And again, they blame Brexit and they blame blame the pandemic. By October 2022, we start getting all this information of like, oh my gosh, they're launching an e-commerce site and it's sold everything out. They're super successful. And then the U.S. launch in Jersey, which was a bunch of like local shop rights. Jersey. I know. That was amazing. Where is (laughs) Meredith right now? (laughs) I know. Yeah, they launched at some shop rights, which when I saw that, I was like, I had to do a double take. I was like, why is Carol Middleton in a shop right on my Instagram right now? Um, But when we say brand ambassador, we mean brand ambassador because she... she was she a brand ambassador. Yep. She hopped okay. over here. She had her picture on the little, I don't know what you call them, the end caps of the aisles <laughs> in the shop, right? Um, I'm sure people okay, shopping our there. little Alex Earl. She got her little, you know, influencer vacay, came to Jersey, <laughs> had her face everywhere, did some posing. It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. I'm just wondering, what it, uh, did, did the people shopping at that shop right know Carol Middleton? That, that was so I wish we knew that information. Like, did it help? How did people react? Did their demographic know who she was or thought, like, oh, this sweet older woman, she has right. party stuff? But, you know, did right. they know that was Kate Middleton's mother? Because there's know some what that more means. here. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, y'all, you don't understand who's up in Jersey right now. <laughs> but despite that, and I mean, like, this was like also being praised as this huge thing is going to change the company. Yeah, we were having some financial difficulties, like, but that's nothing now, you know. But obviously it wasn't, even if it did well, it didn't do well enough to save the company. And hey, mm-hmm. maybe they never thought it was. It was just all PR to pretend like it would be. Because by April 2023, we find out that two thirds of financial backers, including the CEO, was stepping back and mm-hmm. Party Pieces was pretty much going up for sale. And that's when they got a consulting company to come in, the Interpath, to help them try to sell it. The Telegraph, Gordon Ranner, he wrote about and he said, after reports that the militants are considering handing over a six-figure sum to a buyer in order to offload the business. And so this also becomes a big issue because this is when we start hearing about reports that their creditors are not getting paid. Mm-hmm. That article on June 2023, it's June 9th by Guy Adams. The title is, I trusted her as the mother-in-law of the future king, and she just betrayed me. That's in quotations, and it says, furious creditors hit hit out at Carol Middleton after a party business collapse with deaths of 2.6 million pounds, including a taxpayer-funded COVID loan. So a little bit about that headline. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I do think it's weird that they keep focusing on Carol because as I know that like she's like the brand ambassador, but as far as like the decision making, decision making and the finances, that is a Michael and Carol thing. So the sexism mm-hmm. is coming out that we're only seeing Carol blame for this, and Michael is just like non-existent in all of this. <laughs> um, it's it's very re- weird. I mean, when we hear though about like Kate's early life kate growing up we do always hear her mother started a party business um true so i don't know is it one of those things where like you you can't have it both ways you you know if it's gonna be carol's business carol's success it's also gotta be carol's like mistake in the end and uh, you can ask questions that's very true are all parts of that fair like should we also not say it was just carol's business in the beginning when it was also carol and michael but um, because as you say that i'm looking at the photos they choose and mm -hmm. one of them is the very early photos of like their first um photo shoot for party pieces with the one where kate's in it actually Mm -hmm. and it's only carol in the photo Mm -hmm. so yeah i do think this is also very much being the face of this brand for like the last 30 plus years is coming to kick her out right now yeah so that quote is really important because that is from one of their creditors and i think that they bring up a really good point too of like being so closely tied to the royal family even if she wasn't explicitly being like hey my daughter's gonna be the future queen of course you can trust me i'm it's hard for me to believe 
as a hustler, because that is what mm-hmm. our girl Carol is, a hustler, mm-hmm. that she would not passively be like, I'm Carol Middleton, the mother of the future queen. Right. Do you want to join my business? You know what I mean? They're just like, you know, like, it, you know, we obviously heard a lot, a lot about this with the Sussex. Like, are they going to use their connections to get more money and how they're going to, you know, exploit their real connections? And I think those are all legit questions to ask. It's just always weird when we can use those questioning towards other worlds and we're just not seeing it (laughs) you know for sure i think when you have these titles and these properties like there is this implicit like uh, benefit that comes with that because people know who you are and so even if you're not actively shilling your family name your connections people are always going to associate that with you and whether that's like your fault or whether you're taking it to the next level um yes and so one of the people too that they owe money to is saltini gas um she it says here that she was doing, I think, the helium for party pieces, and she was owed about £35,000. Um, so she says, and this is through a spokesperson for her business, we started chasing, they were making excuses, explained a spokesman, who says he was called by Mrs. Middleton on her personal mobile. She apologized. She said that one of the managers was failing to deal with it. So she said, I'm personally going to deal with it. I'll rectify everything. I won't be able to pay Able to pay it in one lump, I'll pay it on a weekly basis. Soltini, which had been about to hire a debt collector, took her took her at her word. Then mm. she said, I need more stock. This was sold to her, but not on credit. Some of the weekly repayments were made. The Soltani spokesperson spokesman said, but others were not. Carol didn't answer the phone. So that's where it gets sticky because Carol is explicitly saying, promising these people she's going to pay them back. Um, She even looks like she got more product from them as she owes them this money and then didn't pay them. Like, that's where it's just like you can't escape her hands or in this directly. Right. So this is all leading us. I was going to say, that's a lot of setup for one banana article. (laughs) You guys, I'm sorry. I have been wanting to get into this because I'm just like so shook that this is actually happening. Like they're allowing this to happen. And they, we will talk about in a little bit because honestly, we decided we're going to save that for the paywall because sometimes as militant fans, we get in too much and to have that conversation, paywall. But anyways, (laughs) to to start the conversation we're going to have, so on October 15th, <laughs> we get the first from the mirror. It reads, Kate Milton's parents targeted in abusive posters after party business collapse. And then in this, they report that there's posters all around Buckleberry, which is like the mm-hmm. town where they live. And it's pretty much posters saying, you owe us money, give it back. And there's reports that James Middleton was like furiously tearing them down from trees, <laughs> like It has everything, you guys. (laughs) So finally, on October 20th, we get to the Daily Mail. There's a headline, a dramatic article that seems ripped from a one-cent murder mystery, and a photo of the laminated posters that are causing havoc in the streets of Buckleberry. (laughs) It is titled, Buckleberry's First Family Are Under Attack Over Their Collapsed Firm's Unpaid Bills. So who is the poison poster prowler stalking the Middletons? poster prowler. (laughs) Come on. I really was like, wait, they get a poison? (laughs) And you ever watch all the articles are. Did you ever watch? It's one of those murder shows on the BBC. It's called Midsummer Murders. And they all take place in these little like towns and villages and hamlets. This is a Midsummer Murders episode. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was trying to think of like, what is this sound? Like this sounds like like a British narrative. I know this show. Like this person watches a lot of that because this whole thing is like literally reads as a murder. There's literally a map of the town (laughs) on the header of the story. But like it has little village shop, village hall. They're all labeled. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like literally you guys, you would think someone straight up got hurt. Like it's crazy. But one thing this Daily Mail did article did give us other than the entertainment factor is this damn poster and it is laminated mm-hmm. like these people are laminated. not messing around you guys it is laminated it says the justice for creditors and something's blurred out buckleberry party pieces holding holdings ltd owes its creditors 2.5 million pounds including 831,400 why do i always sorry <laughs> This has happened before. 831,435,000 pounds to to 
HMRC and government loan. Yes, folks, that's <laughs> taxpayers' money. Petition the insolvent, insolvency service, and then a couple rolls are totally blinked out. And then it said says the future king's in-law screwing screwing its creditors. Shameful, cough up, and then it blurs out the rest of that. Yeah. So called out. Okay, yeah. this is like burn book status, but deserved. <laughs> This girl is the nastiest skank bitch I've ever met. Do not trust her. She is a fugly slut. Well, first of all, the blurring is sending me because I'm wondering if the Daily Mail did that so that people wouldn't petition the people that they wanted to be petitioned and like they're blurring exactly. out the information of the companies that are owed this money and is it like okay we want to write this story but we don't want to like fuel the fire what is this the line yes. that they chose because <laughs> this entire article is so sympathetic towards Middleton's you guys yeah. mind you like the headline makes you think they're gonna challenge them or I don't know criticize them but it's no, no, not no. that the villain, okay. the villain is the person putting up the posters, not the people the who owe three million dollars. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, this is a long article, and the I would say the solid ninety five percent of it is them. They did their investigation journalism, okay, going to the town, hit the ground running, and are talking to the people of the town. And everyone is like a universal, at least that they are quoting, like, I can't believe this is happening to the Middletons. These are such like nice people. We're so upset for them. And they're saying like they're tearing down the posters whenever they see them because they think it's shameful and that doesn't belong in their town. So and they're saying to one specific thing about the person who's putting up these posters. First off, no one's seen them, which is cracking mm -hmm. me up because everyone's like, it has to be an outsider. They're coming at the dead of night. We never see them. We wake up and we come in to open up the shops and the signs are already there. Like this, whoever is doing this is just like a masterclass, okay, of invisibility. Yeah. And they're also like popping them up on spots that they know a lot of people will be around. So like the church on Sunday, there's like, I guess, a certain fish and, sh um, fish and chip shop that everyone goes to during a certain day of the week for the town. And like they see live music, the posters have been there and the, the Middleton's favorite grocery store. And the entrance to the village cricket ground, which just, I once again, oh, we're in, like, oh, yes. a murder mystery show. <laughs> yes. So it's all very posh. I want to hear everyone's accents, honestly. It would make it even better. <laughs> so they actually, because this was reported by the mirror about James Milton ripping down posters, but they got a lot more info about the posters and the people that helped him tear them down. Like, y'all, the community is coming together for these billionaires who are not paying their debts. <laughs> It says he was not happy. They actually spoke to someone who saw James ripping down the posters. And this guy is saying he was not happy and wanted to know if we had seen any more. He wanted them taken down, says 57-year-old Terry Muggeridge, assistant manager at the store, which is situated six miles from Buckleberry and three miles from Jane Stanford Ding Dingley home. Postmaster Eugene Smith adds, there were lots of those, these posters all over the area and I removed every single one. I am not going to tolerate this in our village. The family has been here for years. They are great citizens. They, this just doesn't wash. <laughs> I, I just I, I don't know again you so guys they it's so money <laughs> yeah right so you know and this is like repeated they're really great citizens they don't deserve this and I mean we're like halfway in the article and you finally get to why would people be doing this because yeah. like you would think they're just completely innocent and my favorite thing is though they finally asked this question and they followed up with another villager being like I don't know why anyone would do this they're amazing people <laughs> Crazy. Wait, what? And well, then finally a few paragraphs later they tell us. Yeah. This is so British on a couple levels. And like there's this if you watch these British murder mystery shows, there's this idea yes. of like this kind of debt, this kind of uh, keeping up appearances but not having the finances to back it up. It's so normalized in these upper That's class true. circles but it's also like yes. you don't talk about it it, it is hush hush and there is a degree yes. of shame with it but like everybody kind of just knows to not talk about it so there's like this degree of respectability which like yeah, is that's very, very true. it's kind of like old world upper tier you know british upper class but yeah now that's that's rubbing up against social media and sensationalized journalism and um i don't know people who want to hold 
rich people accountable. <laughs> and like, exactly. that might be a I mean, reckoning that's happening yeah. <laughs> for the first time in Buckleberry. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that's true. And like the COVID loan. And my thing is too, the COVID loan, I don't think like she did any shifty there because she would have been owed that. She didn't do something shifty to get the COVID loan. You can more blame the government for yeah, allowing right, these rich right, right. people to get access to that. It's those like loans. PPP loans in the US that are that were like exactly. designed to be given. So yeah, of course, people were going to take advantage of that system. It, yeah, and she definitely took advantage. And now tax... And, and again, it just doesn't look great because her connection to the royal family who used right. tax dollars to run their businesses. And now this woman who's connected to the royal family is using tax dollars to pay off her bills. And it's like, are you going to sell your estate? Are you going to sell one of your homes? Are you going to s- skip a you know, vacation in Mystique or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest question we have... So Richard Eden made a tweet for a story that he wrote that is about the 13000 that William and Kate had donated to um, an organization on during one of their trips. Mm-hmm. I don't have the tweet up right now. I wish I did. But you guys, this tweet is so simple. And the responses to his tweet are in sane and really once again shows that stan culture is an issue mm-hmm. this is richard eden or a palmer i will gladly call him out when he's shady which he is but this tweet wasn't shady it was just the facts the financial report showed they gave away thirteen thousand dollars people were not happy to hear that low number so like how dare you say that and he's like but it's the truth that's so facts. we get to those are article. facts don't care about your feelings facts. <laughs> exactly exactly it says, and I think this is also, and I'm very a- excited to ask you questions about this because I know you know more about like the philanthropy world and stuff like that than me. So you can maybe mm-hmm. explain a couple of these things to us. But let's start with the article. It says, how William and Kate donated $13,000 after seaside trip and are now transforming, transforming royal visits. Exclusive. The main legacy of a royal visit has traditionally been a plaque and a happy memories. But the prince and princess of Wales are on a mission to change all of that. So first off, this is like really funny because this is again what Meghan and Harry were doing Mm -hmm. and it's being credited towards William and Kate for doing it first. And we talked Mm -hmm. about this type of work when they launched it. Didn't they call it like an impact day last year? I think. Yes. This is our impact days. Yes. So we're finally getting Mm -hmm. the fruit of the impact day. We finally have some like details to be able to discuss rather than just the press release, which Exactly. Uh, that's just the name great. of the game here. Right. The, the press release is yeah. always going to make it sound as good as they can um, because it hypes up the visit. It hypes up the couple themselves, gets the royalists yeah. buzzing. But then you do have to look at the actual impact of these events. Um, which, In the facts. Which does actually come out once a year. Um in these in these financial reports, which are uh, from the Royal Foundation of the Prince and Princess of Wales. The Royal which Foundation. It's important to recognize that a foundation is very different than Will and Kate making donations personally. Um, yes. Because yes. foundations, and for the record, my background is in like museum administration. So I've done a lot of learning about like how foundations operate, how endowment funds operate, which we're going to get into. Um, but foundations are not just funded by the people whose name is on the foundation. They are out there soliciting donations from other folks and from other sources. Will and Kate do it. Harry and Meghan do it mm-hmm. with Archwell. It's not just them yep. transferring money from their checking account into a foundation. So the money, yeah. we could talk for hours, I'm sure, about where the money's coming from. But <laughs> also we have to talk about... Oh, it's a big question with these rich folks. <laughs> well, for sure. And I'm not saying there's anything shady or wrong with that, but that's just the nature of a foundation. So mm-hmm. giving the credit to Will and Kate as people because their name is on the foundation is... It, we talked like kind of what we talked about with the Middletons. Like if we're going to give them the credit for making yes. the donation, I think we also have to keep them linked to it when we find out where the money is going. Exactly. And one of the things that's being called out in this, or a lot of people have picked up out, mm-hmm. this is not Richard Palmer really picking this up, right. but I it's saw from the like some squad tweets and stuff. Yeah. This is yeah. in the financial part is this number of 13 K. The thing mm-hmm. is, when they made this original visit, which was 
this was last year because Kate's wearing a really cute knitted dress. Yeah, I think it was and early she hasn't done last that. year. It was like February <laughs> yeah, or March, very. something like that. Yes. Because these financial reports, they do come out after the fiscal year is over. So there's mm-hmm. also nothing shady about the timing there. It's just it takes about a year for yeah. you to get the this last year. This happens years. every time. Right. It's like Exactly. Your and they're yeah. releasing these reports too. Right. Like they the, have the firm to. is releasing these reports. Yeah. This isn't like the Royal Rota or something. Right. So when this impact day actually happened last year, the tweet, the announcement, and the press release read something similar. Um, But the tweet is, so, so pleased to announce £345,000 of funding from the Royal Foundation and Two Ridings, which is the charity they were working with in the area, leaving a lasting legacy of support for young people's mental health here in Scarborough. Um, So the number is important there, but also the lasting legacy language, I think, is also important. There's so many different things getting lumped into this very crap carefully crafted statement but it all mm-hmm. makes sense now it all makes sense now <laughs> yes and i also think too this is like media literacy like say for someone like me who hasn't worked behind the scenes like you have mm-hmm. i'm seeing 345,000 um 345,000 funding and, and in my thinking, brain though that immediately don't exactly spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine with the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, the Royal Foundation. Even if it isn't personally William and Kate, I'm thinking the Royal Foundation donated $345,000 to this organization. Right. So this isn't necessarily the fault of William and Kate, right. but William and Kate and their team know what they're doing when yeah. they word it like that. Yes. So, yeah. And I remember reporting on this the first time we talked about this impact day, this visit, and it was clear that it was a fund they were setting up that the charity could dip mm. into. But we now know that the, the, the money that they announced, the number they gave us was a pledge rather than a lump sum, basically. Again, isn't that weird? But it's the way it was reported and presented to the public that's a little shady. Um, and can so, I ask them um, yeah. real yeah. quick? Ask that, like, when you're saying it was a pledge mm-hmm. instead of this, like, what what do you mean by that? Like, what is the pledge? Then? So, so there's different ways you can do it, but basically, it means your foundation has pledged, um, promised mm-hmm. that this fund will be set up with this amount of money. After all the payments okay. get made. So that is the amount of money I do believe that that, that the two writings um, fund will get. But it's yes. not all going to happen at once, I guess. Okay. The, and that's the big one, it. too. Yeah. They're yeah. making it sound like they gave him 340. Like they wrote that check that day and gave it to him. And that's not what's happening. I mean, that's kind of similar to Earthshot. People think they get that million dollars. Yeah. Or how much it is once they won. And it's just not like that. It happens right. over a period of time. Right. Um. And, so... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, because a little bit about this article, which really caught my attention, was like the first section when he's talking about Mm -hmm. that donation. Mm -hmm. Richard says, even when cash was involved, the couple's donation to Scarborough was hardly a princely sum, skeptics might think. Newly published accounts from the couple's Royal Foundation revealed they donated just £13,043 towards a £345,000 fund announced on the day of their visit. Mm -hmm. And it says much of the 345,000 pounds pledged as a result of their visit will be, will be benefiting young people for many years to come in the seaside resort. Mm-hmm. We're desperate, where despite beautiful sandy beaches and numerous visitors, attractions, almost a third of the residents live in areas that are among the most deprived neighborhoods in England. And it says some of it was pledged as cash to be spent when mm-hmm. needed, but the bulk of it is tied up in endowment funds paying 5% interest, together creating around 25,000 pounds each year to spend on youth projects. Yes. So an endowment, mm. which is um, pretty commonplace in nonprofits and in museums, things like that, an endowment is in itself a fund that 
you actually can't just dip into as you're as you're operating as a charity. Um, it's a fund oh. that's set up to pay out a specific dividend every year, which you can count as I think it's income. Um, but it it's you're not allowed to touch the principal money basically. Um, so Ooh. I immediately have a question of like, did they set up the endowment or did they seed it basically? And so that money gets yeah. invested. Um, and that's where the income is actually going to come from. So I'm curious if they've just seeded it with this 13,000, um, mm-hmm. if more is going to be put in or if the, outcome the output of that endowment is also getting counted in this 345 pound yeah three to forty five thousand pound figure because then we get some of it was pledged as cash to be spent when needed um which means it's not in the endowment but the bulk of it is tied up in the endowment funds paying five percent interest together creating around twenty five thousand pounds each year to spend on youth projects mm-hmm. so the the math there is so interesting to me just as like a nonprofit nerd again i don't think it's shady but i think they're doing some like framing to tell us the total number that might be paid out we don't know the terms here is it 10 years is it 25 years is it forever like i don't know Mm -hmm. okay so the only other thing i'll say about like an endowment fund is that there are rules about how it can be used typically Mm. so this isn't money that can go to things that we would consider like overhead such as like usually paying staff or keeping the lights on or like operational funds usually endowment funds have to be used for what we would call your program so the actual Mm. charity work that these places are doing and in the Palmer article, um, he says, oh, where is it? I lost it. He says, um, in Scarborough, they're just starting to see the fruits of last year's royal visit after a grant setting session in the summer to decide how to spend the first annual tranche of 25,000 pounds. The money went to six groups. So that 25,000 that they got this year was then split up against among six groups, arranging Oof. various activities ranging from a summer arts summer of arts fun to music therapy and youth charities offering support and advice. So they have to use it to run these like social programs. It sounds like, um, yeah, which is fine. There's again, nothing wrong with that, but it is also again, important to know that this isn't money that these places can do whatever they want to with. It does have to go to these specific purposes, which for Will and Kate, I'm sure is, is great to know because they want it to be making that difference. Most donors tie up their their donations with stipulations like this. This money can only be used for certain things. Um, and in that way, yes. like Will and Kate's foundation, it's really just kind of, once again, using these tips and tricks of the trade um, mm-hmm. the way that they're meant to be used. And, you know, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's not like they are doing something that is exceptional, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to this community and the philanthropy and so on. Yeah. And, and again, with I think we've been saying this, the little ways we think the tide is changing with the reporting mm-hmm. on the ro- on the Royals is Palmer does kind of bring up like how much impact can this actually have? Mm-hmm. Because again, in the PR of this all, they are really pushing that they're going to have this large measured impact. Mm-hmm. And in it, he says, Miss B- Miss McKeon accepted that alone that alone would not solve problems such as lack of opportunity in the town. But she pointed that out that two writings and the Royal Foundation were among numerous agencies working with the local authority, North Yorkshire County Council, to improve life in Scarborough. She also insisted that even small grants to youth projects can be really transformational for young people's lives. Yeah. And again, that is all true. And I yeah. am not trying to say little things can't have a big impact, but I do think it's interesting that he's even getting into the arena of talking about how much impact will this really have? You yeah, know, sure. that's not a question that would have been asked a couple of years ago. And the the focus on measured impact, which again is in line with how this donation was made, is so interesting. Yes. In a world that used to just focus on like, oh, look at the royals highlighting British excellence mm-hmm. or whatever, highlighting the British yes. fashion, fashion industry. Oh, Kate single-handedly saved British fashion, which you like is just isn't true. Um, and the yes. other point that people always bring up with royal donations, royal foundation donations, is that they encourage other people to follow suit, um, which I think helps if you tell people like, here's a link where you can go donate, which Will and Kate t- tend to not do. Exactly. But it does yeah. bring these organizations to the forefront 
puts a focus on them, puts a spotlight on them and allows other people to recognize, hey, I can I can make a difference with my, you know, 10 pounds or whatever. Yes. So and like we've said before, even more so, a lot of these visits are for the people that are there. And that's mm -hmm. not a bad thing. You know, even like talking about the visits for Black History Month, it's like there's a lot there. Um, most of it, I'm like, eh. But hey, the people there were excited. The youth was said at one point. A girl had said that I am excited. They put a spotlight on our work. Mm -hmm. It means something to us, and that is important for them. And we should never tear that down. But also make sure we are aware of media literacy. What's going on in the philanthropy world? Because this isn't just William K. This is so many rich people out there yes. doing weird things. Bezos. Bezos, okay, every time yeah. you hear he donated a million, I promise you, it does not mean much to his billions. It means yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, nothing. And two things can be true at once, right? It can make it it can make the person donating look better than they probably should based on the amount that they actually gave. But it can also do it, it can also make a difference for the people receiving the money. And uh, it's just uh, yeah, media literacy and also just um Getting away from black and white thinking, I think, is important in these cases. Yes. Yeah. Hey, guys. So we are officially in our little horror section. We have the amazing Lord Everett joining us for this. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Everett. Stop. Hi. Hey. Hello. Thank you for having me. Dream team. <laughs> I know. You have, like, the most beautiful voice. Like, I'm so excited for the listeners to be able to pop this on and just sit back and listen. Okay. I, I decided to. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let me have some green tea with some lemon and honey today. Oh. Let's, let's try to get the voice going. Boy. <laughs> I rolled out of bed, okay? <laughs> I slapped this beanie on. I was like, let's go. <laughs> so I warn you guys now, and I will let you know when this portion ends, but this is when we're going to talk about Nazism and the royal family. And for my horror, for pure horror, because again, October 1937 is when Edward and Wallace went to Germany for their Nazi-sponsored influencer trip or whatever, you know, mm. <laughs> to promote Nazism. <laughs> so I thought, why don't we talk about some of the other stuff that has came out with the British royal family? Because I've always said through my research of what I've seen, obviously Edward and Wallace do get the shit they should get for being anti-Semitic and completely okay with Nazism, mm -hmm. but they weren't the only ones. And it seems like the media highlights them and spotlights them so they don't have to talk about the other cases in the royal family. And one of the times we learned about that was on Ju July 18th, 2015. And again, I have to point out, this is pre-Megan. So if you're asking, wow, I can't believe the Sun posted this. This was pre-Megan. Everyone was up for grabs, okay? Exactly. So that is why the Sun's front paper had in their very loud font, their royal hailnesses. Hailnesses. Okay, and you guys, I'm saying that word, but it's spelled H-E-I-L. N-E-S-S-E-S. -S -S. I think it's... And the photo that... Uh, sorry, huh? I think it's supposed to be hyalnesses. Like, how, like, see, like the wordplay is a lot for me, like, okay? You know, if it's not that easy... Your wordplay. Like, if but, it's not an easy wordplay, then don't do it. Santana Lopez would never approve of this one. It's too complicated. It doesn't just roll off the tongue. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be hyalnesses. Yeah. And, okay, so... This does make sense with the photo because the photo is a black and white image that's taken from a 17 second clip. Now, The Guardian has said this was either 1933 or 19, 1934, but most publications says this was 1933, including the son who got this footage. And in the image that they screen grab that they put on the front page, it's a black and white grainy image, but very much clear enough to see the queen's mother, Queen Elizabeth II when she's about six years old, Margaret when she's about three, and there's Edward crouching over her. Mm -hmm. And in this photo, Edward is crouching over Margaret smiling, and you can see he is directing his, her hand upwards to mimic the motion of her sister and her mother who are doing the Nazi salute, mm -hmm. which is why they have that wordplay. It also says on the front cover, secret 1933 film shows Edward teaching this Nazi salute to the queen. Yeah. So obviously this was a very big deal because the royal family doesn't talk about their past and the blood on their hands. Mm -hmm. They like to pretend like they were always on the right side of history, which they were not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in this clip, um, Obviously, this started off a lot of questions because, you guys, this is like six years before the war in 1939. And the palace's response was, 
Most people will see these pictures in their proper context in time. This is a family playing and momentarily referencing a gesture many would have seen from contemporary newsreels. No one at that time had any sense how how it would evolve. To imply anything else is misleading and dishonest. The queen is around six years of age at the time and entirely innocent of attaching any meaning to these gestures. Mm -hmm. The queen and her family's service and dedication to the welfare of this nation during the war and the 63 years the queen has spent building relations between nations and the people and the and people speaks for itself okay yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) so the funny thing is i actually talked about this with a couple history nerds from my work and there is like the response of well no one knew six million jewish people were gonna die absolutely agree Mm -hmm. absolutely agree and i know in 1933 the general public weren't quite aware of how much the Nazi party was already targeting Jewish people. Mm -hmm. But I think people forget this is the British Royal family. And this is the 1930s. They still had a lot of political control and they absolutely had access to information that the general public did not. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to believe that they didn't in the least know there was anti-Semitism happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, for sure. I agree because I mean, (laughs) who's, you know, at the, at that point, I can only imagine that the royal family, especially at that point, or excuse me, time. In 1933, I mean, Hitler becomes chancellor, right? And yes. and in that mm-hmm. same year, he introduces censor- censorships. Um, he passes laws uh, ending civil yes. liberties. He passes the Enabling Act, which makes him dictator yep. for four years. So... Mm-hmm. I, I like. There's no way that the King of England <laughs> did not know this, yeah. and is literally going around and and and, and teaching like this the, yeah. to to young kids. It, like exactly. I don't blame Elizabeth and Margaret; they were kids. Exactly. But, of course. I mean, come on now, like Edward and the Queen the Mother, Queen Elizabeth. right? Like, mm, well, that's the please. That's the thing because even in this this article. Um, they talk about how well Elizabeth didn't know anything, Margaret didn't know anything. They were surely innocent of the connotations. There is no discussion of the Queen Mother and why she's doing this. Loop. Thank yeah. you. They love to spotlight what we're not talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. no one brought up how dare Queen Elizabeth that six do this. No, we're talking about her mama and her uncle who are grown adults. Because, like you said, yeah. even if you want to pretend like they didn't know that Jewish people were being targeted, he was a dictator. Yeah. And there was already discussion about his horrible. (laughs) There was already too discussion about his brown shirts groups going around and beating up like people that they disagreed with. Mm -hmm. I think freaking Downton Abbey, they'll talk about that Hitler fellow and all these distasteful things happening over in Germany. It's not like they didn't know. I Mm -hmm. yeah. And and where's proof too that one of a high-ranking royal family member who was in the inner circle was was also a high-ranking Nazi party member who actually helped um, helped Hitler get into power? He's Charles Edward. He was Lepole, Lepole, the Duke of Albany. That is Queen Victoria's like eighth son or eighth mm-hmm. child. So he's a grandson of Queen Victoria. He was a high-ranking member of the Hitler party. He was actually a part of the entourage that um, hosted Wallace and Edward in 1937. So at this time, there's a high-ranking royal family member who's also a high-ranking Nazi member already helped this guy get into power. And we know that he was talking to royals among this time, Mm -hmm. especially later on in like 1935 and so on. So the intermingling between the Nazi party and literally the monarchs is so not talked about and it's scary because a lot of this when this came out it brought up the conversation about how secretive the rural archives Mm -hmm. are because they keep so much hidden away and it sounds like the period the 1930s they just will not release records especially when it comes to the war they will not allow people to have access to the records to fully show what was going on Mm -hmm. because one of the things is that queen mary was very pro-german Despite them having to give up their last name in the 1917 because of World War One and like the anti-German sentiment, it's very clear that she was still very pro-German. She didn't want to give up her last name. She just did it because they had to. So people are like, it's not shocking. She may have been one of those people who was like, I'm cool with Nazism. Let's kind of listen to Hitler and see what he's got to say. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has some ideas, you know? But... According to this tape, there's actually in this article for The Guardian, we have a Dick Arbiter moment. And he actually suggests that this may have not came from the Royal Archives, but the Duke of Windsor's estate. Like pretty much someone took it and leaked it 
and didn't tell nobody. <laughs> he says, they'll be wondering whether it was in fact something that was held in Royal Archives at Windsor or whether it was being held by the Duke of Windsor's estate, he told the BBC News. And if it was the Duke of Windsor's estate, then somebody has clearly taken it from the estate and here it is 82 years later. But a lot of questions have to be asked and a lot of questions got to be answered. And I think that was my biggest thing too. Um, when you look at the media around this, the royals were so caught up in finding out who did it and saying Queen Elizabeth isn't a Nazi. Queen Elizabeth II isn't a Nazi, so leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying before, not answering the questions that were being asked. How infiltrated was the family with the Nazis? Why did they think this was acceptable? And why are they doing the fucking Nazi salute? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, with their children. With their children. Because they like they describe the video and they're like, Elizabeth literally sees her mom does it, puts mm-hmm. her hands up when she sees her mom does it, puts it down, sees her mom do it again. So then she puts her hand mm-hmm. up and then yeah. Margaret puts her hand up and then Edward's having her put her hand up. And it's just like, and I think a really important conversation with everything going on in the world today is like, where, do, what side of history do you want to be on? Mm-hmm. And not five years down the road when your country is being taken over, you know, and six million Jewish people are dying. But where are you going to be when we immediately begin to see this power come into play? Right. Yeah, That is preaching about fascism, who's preaching about a dictatorship and saying, if you go against me, you're bad. Who's literally blaming Jewish people for the downfall of the German Empire, mm-hmm. which was happening in the very beginning, beginning. Like, I think that's pretty much what Hitler ran on, too when he came into power in 1933 for his campaign. Yeah. And there's been discussion about why Edward was like so enamored with Hitler and with Nazi Germany. And I'm not trying to make excuses for him, like at all, let me be clear, but he was like supposed to be this figurehead, this ambassador for Hitler's mission for peace, quote unquote, is how I've seen it described. (laughs) Um, He was supposed to be the guy to like spread the message abroad. Right. Um, oh, God. Yeah. So it's not clear how much he knew because I, I don't know. God love Edward the Eighth. I think he was just like a little bit naive and a little bit prone to seeing what he that wanted boy. to see. He was a hambo. Well, yeah. But, and that's again, <laughs> not to, to excuse the fact that he did get so caught up in being enamored with mm-hmm. the Nazis. But I think too, like, so much of this conversation is also focused on keeping the blame squarely on him and like not letting it seep out to the rest of the royal family Mm -hmm. yeah and like i'm also because he didn't influence the royal family like they want us to believe he did not with the nazism and this is why it was not interesting to me because i always thought the queen mum and edward didn't get along (laughs) you know like right I thought she didn't like him. Why is she here letting him teach her the Nazi salute? So again, questions. Yes. <laughs> um, exactly. A lot of questions. And it's like, why are you guys? Um, it's like that age old. I mean, this has been going on with the British monarchy for centuries, probably where they, they pick one person as the scapegoat. And then mm-hmm. that yep. person will serve as the person everybody needs to hate, dislike and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there has been stories about yeah, Edward, uh, the eighth in Barbados saying that mm-hmm. colored people and colored yeah. people were revolting. And yeah, um, mm-hmm. there even there, there have been mentions about Prince Philip making certain. Oh, for sure. you know, and the queen mother herself. Too. And the queen mother herself. Oh, supposedly right. sleeping with these supposed people that Prince Philip is talking bad about. He's also visiting their, you know, countries and sleeping with them. BTS, but allegedly allegedly and then you look at this there's an article (laughs) by the bbc where they call it where when it when this all came out and they call it dishonest and misleading and it's like there's what is their (laughs) dishonest where is the dishonesty and where is the misleading from this i mean this is exactly what they did and instead of addressing Mm -hmm. it head on it's like they pass it off like oh we didn't know and it's like was not huge because i mean Mm -hmm. with the amount of even in 2015, exactly. yeah, it wasn't that like, big. People get, people get canceled over the most smallest thing when it comes to anti-Semitism, <laughs> you know, all that, but not the British. And somehow, <laughs> and like, they're like champions. People like see them as champions for like the Holocaust mm-hmm. and talking about it. And on, I didn't look this up and I'm going to, and I'll do a reel on and see what I can find. But I want to see how their work changed or picked up with the Jewish community after this was revealed. I'm very interested mm-hmm. in seeing that, especially like, is that when we started seeing Kate work with the Jewish community and the Holocaust victims? You know what I mean? Like, is that when, when Prince that William pledged to make peace in the Middle East, his lifelong mm-hmm. work or something like that? 
How's that going? Of really? course, thinking of <laughs> Harry and his Nazi um, uniform, I remember reading articles like back when that came out, and they were saying that like a lot of the aristocrats on that street where that big party was thrown, and it was literally a colonialism and natives party. People were like, "Well, what's the big deal? It's just a costume." And this was the sentiment in like what 2010 or whatever when this happened. So I can only imagine how it was during British aristocrats during the 30s. If like they can excuse it in 2010, knowing what he did, what were they acting like in the 1930s? Because again, obviously fascism would be appealing to this people. I think that's what's so funny too in the rewriting of history. It's like, you're really going to pretend like Queen Elizabeth, you know, the King, Queen Mary and stuff, and King George wouldn't have liked fascism. I mean, a dictatorship. It's pretty much like the monarchy, but like on crack. You know what I mean? Like on steroids. Like, why wouldn't they love this? Like, obviously they're attracted to this. So, yeah, a horror story. A horror story for the deer. For the the forever times. And I think just highlighting that once again, that the royal family is very, very secretive. They keep so much away from us and say it's like invasion of privacy, knowing damn well the stuff should be public records, especially when you're talking about letters and correspondence that are during the war and would have been talking about the war. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting more stuff on Patreon about this because there is evidence that King George and Queen Elizabeth were close to this guy who was a Nazi um, officer that was Charles Edward and that they more than once made decisions to pretty much pacify Hitler. But Mm -hmm. there's evidence to show that it cost Jewish people their lives because of that. So, yeah, remember, propaganda is one hell of a thing. And the royal family was absolutely okay with anti-Semitism until Hitler said, I'm coming for your ass. And that's that. (laughs) 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 Horrifying. I'm Horrifying fucking people. (laughs) Okay. So did you want to do our next one? or Or should we get right into our Prince Albert? Okay, so obviously after we have finished that, we have to leave off with something fun, funny, or as Amanda keeps saying, horrible, potentially horror, potentially horror. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting royal history. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) And I'm saying now, I mean, if you didn't already when we were talking about Nazism, if you have children around, you're at work, put the headphones on or just wait till later. Because I'm about to say the P word. Unfortunately, several times. And P word, I mean penis, okay? Because we are going to talk about Prince Albert and his penis. Because according to (laughs) (laughs) Prince Albert and his Prince Albert, our own, what was he? Pete Davidson of his Mm. time, okay? Mm. (laughs) Everyone's basically said, mm hmm. (laughs) Also, do you guys think Prince Albert is attractive? Real quick. I need to look at a picture of him. Depending on the portrait. To me, it's depending on the portrait. When he was younger, Mm-hmm. I would say he's attractive for the times. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do try to think of the for times. The times. I have the photographs aren't. I have mm. a problem where I always picture the actor from the young Victoria whenever I think Prince Albert, oh. who is oh, fine. Mm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I have to remember that's not, mm-hmm. that's not reality. That's not reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he wouldn't he wouldn't have had those biceps. He wouldn't have had those biceps now. He wouldn't yeah. have had that hair. Or cleanliness. Right. Speaking of, <laughs> so we know from Queen Victoria's own diaries that her and Albert, you know, had it going on. They had the lust, they had the love, they had the passion. And it's she oftentimes will talk about in her diaries, well, his penis. I think one of the first times she met him, or first handful of times, she talks about him coming in after I think it was like raining outside in his wet pants, and they were like see through. And she could see it all. And she was like, ooh, la, la. And this pretty much has gone to Amanda's <laughs> face. Well, God. also, I'm thinking about I her. I could say this. So her diaries were heavily edited by her daughter. So that's something that she decided to just leave in. There is mm. so much more that, that probably got. What did got... she leave out? Right. What did she leave out? <laughs> Maybe a good thing. I mean, like, can you imagine, like, mom, stop embarrassing me? Because this man, because they would give each other, like, sensual, like, gifts, like, erotic gifts. And Prince Albert, this ego, this man really gifted Queen Victoria a statue of him as a Greek god, Mm -hmm. fully nude. And I guess it was at the time seen as, like, too erotic. So they had to, like, put it in her private quarters. And she got made one that was a little more, like, family friendly to be put out in the public. (laughs) Look, I can see why this woman was obsessed with this man. 
Sure. I think they were passionate. Oh, there is like evidence though. He was like a gaslighter. He was kind of, he was also a dick. There is like, I guess, some diary entries where he's like talking about their arguments and just pretty much like, she's too emotional. She's too crazy. And this is like a month after she gave birth. So it's kind of like, boo boo. She had nine of your children that she didn't even want to have. Okay. Be nice. They're like, yeah, I know. I'm just a woman. What do you want? Like, there's so much there's yes. so much to unpack when it comes to like Queen Victoria and feminism. But that's another True. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> She would have started off as like our girl and then quickly turn into like the arch enemy. Who's that one Rachel girl who like compared her struggle to Harriet Tubman? Oh my god. That would have been Queen Victoria. That would have oh been Queen gosh. Victoria for sure. She would have done like those Christian missions to save the black children, but like but tell them that she's a nurse when she's not and end up hurting them. Anyways, that would have been Queen Victoria's ass. I have beef with Queen beef with Queen Victoria a lot. But anyways, so this man supposedly had a huge penis. And that is part of the reason like she was attracted to him. And they say that's like part of the influence too of why they were all wearing tight pants at that mm-hmm. time, because she wanted people to see her man's imprint. Okay. <laughs> man, I, Amanda, you need to stop making faces. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> There okay. was also so the prince. I was gonna say uh-huh. there was also a theory. It's obviously not proven, but that Prince Albert had this. It was like a disease. I think it's called Peyronie's disease, where the the penis mm, curves. Yes. Um, and so yes, that's why which... he had it pierced to help <laughs> help his genitals hang with. <laughs> so pretty much just strap yeah. it down properly yeah. so it wouldn't because they pretty much say that like they didn't want there was like too much in front of the kids and stuff so yeah, yeah strap it down to kind of hide it away because even if he didn't have the curve they say it was big enough that like he got the piercing to pretty much like strap it like put a strap and put it through the the ring hole mm. oh my gosh oh, this is a lot strap it to the side. <laughs> So there, there is that rumor about that. And <laughs> sorry, I'm reading more about this. And there's like really genuinely nothing to quite prove this. When I try to yeah. look at like where these rumors come from, um, I can't really even track where. I've seen some say it came from diaries, someone's diaries. They don't say Queen Victoria explicitly, but someone's diaries about how he did that. But Or in just general talking about his genitalia and how it was big and very obvious in these thin, tight pants mm. that they always wore. And that Queen Victoria wanted them to wear. And so, like I said, depending on what you think, it's a trick or it's a treat. And Queen Victoria said it's a treat. This is why she mourned <laughs> I mean, for also- the rest of her life. <laughs> <laughs> she was. <laughs> she said, "I'm going to eat and drink and mourn because I don't got my boo boo no more. I don't got." <laughs> and it's also I don't like, have my Prince Albert. We're in urban legend status at this point too because we still have this piercing today that's called the Prince Albert. Prince Albert, yeah. Prince Albert. It's, like, all over. Like, a lot of the articles, though, funny enough, that I was finding were from, like, piercing websites and tattoo websites. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of them, like, the ones who are continuing to talk about this and the interest in it. But I also do think it stems from the fact that we know they had a very exciting sex life mm-hmm. and really enjoyed one another. So I think two people have naturally thought they were kinky. Sure. And this was, like one of their kinks and i don't know i just like feel like maybe it's not that crazy because people were doing like really crazy things in the 1800s mm-hmm. you know what i mean there like, were victorians who like had tattoos and stuff like because they were touring all over the world now and kind of fetishizing yes. the east uh, so victorians would come back covered mm-hmm. with tattoos so there's so yeah, that exactly the second had a tattoo of yeah. russia oh um, is that the one that king george ended up yeah <laughs> oh he was handsome mm-hmm. he was he I, everyone says like edward um edward the sixth was like super handsome but i didn't think he was that good looking because i know he was like the playboy of his time i always thought his brother was cuter birdie oh a little birdie yeah to yeah. become king george i'm forgetting his i'm forgetting his name before he came king george and i keep remembering his nickname because i think it's Albert, so cute right birdie yes albert was his name albert was his name i always thought he was a hotter brother I'll, I'll never get the Edward thing. He just, I don't know. I called him a himbo, but honestly, he's not handsome. He's just dumb. Probably Sorry, handsome for the for the time. 
Yeah, and I think <laughs> we've talked true. about it with Charles. Like, I think it's your bearing. It's how you treat the ladies, too, yeah. that matters so much. Mm-hmm. I still think Charles is handsome. <laughs> really? I'll I call think him he's handsome. Other than those hands. Those hands are so scary. <laughs> look at his feet so if you want a real, a real spoon. Oh, no. oh, my gosh. I have to look I at this now. Never. I will never. Yeah, because it was... Because his I hands, think Charles is so handsome. His hands swell up when he travels. And one time they traveled to India. <laughs> I've heard so his he, face. he took off his shoes when he entered a, a temple or something. And I, his, yeah. it's also his feet. This is well. bad. Oof. And he... I wonder... I mean, and these are the times where I'm like, see, the royal family, this makes sense when you're like, invasion of privacy. Right. Like, it should be private. <laughs> but also, I'm so curious, what is happening here? Like, yeah. what is happening to my handsome man? I also thought Charles was cute when he was younger, too. I don't care what anyone says. That man was fine when he was younger. And that video of him licking his lips, while it is strange... It is strange. If I was 16, don't look at me like that, Everett. Is this the reason why we're talking about Prince Albert? The judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Also, another royal that was rumored to secretly and low-key love Black women and love going to the Caribbean because of that. These men are trifling. I swear one day we need to just do an episode on royal men secretly loving Black and brown women, but society not allowed Mm. Until Harry came. Oh, we could we'll probably about, never see that happen again. We could talk <laughs> about, about a different Prince Albert over in Monaco who has mixed race children. Yes. Marriage. I did a video on him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, Prince, like Prince Albert, I remember reading about him when I was like 13 on the gossip blogs because they were tracking them down and like him with his like black like girlfriend or fiance. And it was always written as this just like heartbreaking love story. I would love mm-hmm. to dig into the fact if that's true or not. Because Prince Albert also just seems like a dick, though. Mm. Like, a, a dick. Uh, yeah, I mean, holding your fiancé hostage and taking away her passport, like, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> a kind of a red flag. Kind like, of. <laughs> I mean... I think we went from beige to red flag real yeah, quick on that one. <laughs> that, that whole situation was... and I mean, if you watch the wedding, you can just... You, you literally see her breaking down. And I know we're, this yeah. isn't the discussion, oh but... It's like, girl, hug. Let Baby me give you girl. an essential hug. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I think we're going to be able to get you. Can I ship over right. a hug? Well, and I mean, like, I don't know. The Morocco, the Monaco family is weird because you think about, you know, like his mother and stuff and how she got there. Like, yeah. I always hear like, you know, how like people will be like, oh, can you, ma- I'm forgetting, what is Prince, her name? How can I forget Grace, that? Beautiful? Princess Grace. Grace Kelly. Thank you, Princess Grace. They're like, she made it. She came from nothing. She went to Hollywood, made a couple movies, then she got to marry a prince. And I'm like, you guys <laughs> definitely haven't looked into that story because that was not the love story. That yeah. was not the love story you guys wanted to be. And have you seen that mm-hmm. man? I'm Ryan? sorry. Grace Kelly was beautiful. He was ugly. I, I thought Rania was pretty handsome. Maybe because he's short. I thought he was ugly. He had like, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, just say it. Say he had it. like this suave demeanor to him. His his his, his father was not attractive <laughs> Again, to me. It's the charm. Yeah. I think it's the yeah, like, This is like themselves. me talking about Charles. I'm like he's he's charming. Don't ask me about his physical features, but he's charming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay i swear you guys i'm not i'm not this like horrible Mm. (laughs) i care about people's personality too (laughs) but royal men either be ugly or be hot and if you're ugly i judge you harsher no i'm kidding kind of is that for the patreon or not (laughs) should i say that out loud (laughs) whatever that's why i judge harry a little bit less than william no kidding not kidding kidding. i'm not right (laughs) (laughs) not kidding not kidding Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for a very fun episode full of horror and treats, depending on your mm-hmm. viewpoint. Okay. Maybe it's all <laughs> horrors, honestly. Maybe all horrors for people. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And like Everett, please let the people know where you are at. I need them to know where you are at because your videos are so good. And you guys, he covers all sorts of royals. He goes back, back in time. I know you just came back from Hawaii and plan on dipping into that oh, yeah. royal family. It's And he has a really great reels about the Dubai royal family and some stuff that has happened there that is pure horror with like some of the princess being kidnapped and stuff. 
I'm just saying, you guys, please tell I them your TikTok. Feared for your, myself your IG. when I uploaded Beltex. I was like, they're gonna find me. You know, when you were doing that, I was like, they were boy, coming in the you better comments. let someone have your location. They on. were in the comments <laughs> heavy, but you can find me on Twitter where I'm a little bit more unhinged at in Royal News. <laughs> Capital I N R O Y A L, capital N E W S, obviously on TikTok at In Royal News and on YouTube and Instagram at In Royal News. And you can find me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His Sierra Tryons are amazing too. Oh, thank you. And Amanda, let the people know. Let the people know, Princess. Oh my God. My queen. You should know by now. Um, I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Matta underscore of underscore fact. M-A-T-C-A is Matta. It's my last name. It's a pun. It's been my handle forever. Um, It's so perfect. (laughs) So TikTok and Instagram. And then I actually have a podcast episode about a very saucy portrait that Queen Victoria had made for Prince Albert. Um, It is the first episode I ever did on Art of History, which is my podcast. Um, so that is yes, anywhere you listen yeah. to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, etc. Um, if you would like some deep dives into art history, not always about the royals, but sometimes about the royals. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And you guys know where to find me, Lady Audacity, L-A-D-Y, and then Audacity, A-U-D. I, I... I did this A-D-A. last time too. I forgot how to spell it halfway through. A-D-A. There's <laughs> a lady. You spell it lady. And then Audacity is A-U-D-I-C. Awesome. No. We're cutting this whole portion out. And I'm not, I'm not hey. spelling it. I can't do this, you guys. I'm sorry. I worked I worked nights last night. I'm on three hours of sleep. Going back in down. Hey guys, you guys know where to find me. I've tried literally spelling the name two different times, but the three hours, three hours of sleep I am on will not allow me to. So I'm just going to take the risk and not spell and hope you guys will find me at Lady Atocity. I also have the Patreon and you guys thank to everyone who's a part of the Patreon. It, a lot of the funding goes towards writing the podcast, getting the editing done and so on. And I'm very excited to release the little horror series and some extra bits from this podcast of us discussing stuff. So join us over there too. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Pinkies up. Thank you for having me. Bye. Of course. (laughs) And I will have you again, okay? Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 